0: Hey everyone, my name is Pastor Jean-Michel and I'm excited to just bring the word today. And I'm, I'm excited on this Heritage Day Uh, To talk about what God's laid on my heart. It's actually interesting that this message has popped up on Heritage Day. And uh, it's such a beautiful day where we get to celebrate culture. I hope you've enjoyed some of the hosting that's been happening um, throughout this um, this service. And uh, we do, we want to celebrate culture in our church. Culture is beautiful. Um, The life that God has given us and the differences that we have in our different cultures is a beautiful, God-given thing. And so we're celebrating that today. And uh, we're into part three of our series, Wait, What? And uh, we're exploring these four parts, these four encounters with Jesus where He did something that didn't make sense to the people around Him, but He was teaching us something beautiful and something uh, timeless. And even though it might have offended the people that heard it, He was speaking truth to us. And so I encourage you to go back and check out the first two parts of this. But today. When you hear what Jesus said, even you and me are gonna struggle accepting it. But it's something we all need to hear and understand uh, for our lives and for our impact in this world. We know Jesus had a purpose in everything that he did, right? He never did anything to hurt people or to just simply offend us. He did it so that we could learn something. And so if you got your Bibles, again, let's turn to the book of Mark, this time to chapter three. And we're gonna be reading uh, two, two parts, first from verse 20 and then from verse 31. So let's go first to Mark chapter three, verse 20. It says this. Then Jesus went home, but once again, a large crowd gathered around him, which prevented him from even eating a meal. When his own family heard that he was there, they went out to seize him, for they said, he is insane. Now, okay, again, we gotta just take a breath here, right? What Jesus has been doing, again, remember, we are setting up, or Jesus is busy setting up his ministry, and people are trying to figure out who he is. And in this moment, you start to see what some people are thinking about him. All of these things that he's doing that are rocking the boat, that are creating waves in people's hearts and minds, now his family comes, right? It it says he goes home, um, and when he gets there, his family wants to seize him. They wanna grab him. They wanna sit him down and say, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? You're insane. How can you say the things that you're saying? It's his own family. Unbelievable. And uh, this is the reaction, the response that Jesus is getting, right? So this is what his family says. Let's go to verse 31 and let's hear uh, what Jesus has to say. Check it out. Then Jesus' mother and his brothers came and stood outside and sent a message to him, asking that he comes out and speaks with them. When the crowd sitting around Jesus heard this, they spoke up and said to him, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. And he answered them saying, who is my true mother and my true brothers? Then looking in the eyes of those who were sitting in a circle around him, he said, here is my true family Members, for whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. Wait, what did Jesus just say? Did he just say that his family doesn't mean anything to him? Did he just say that he is forsaking his family for his followers? How could he do that? How could someone turn their back on their family? In this moment, his mother and his brothers are there and they're trying to reason with him. They're trying to talk to him. And he just says, they're not my family. These ones here are my family. And I want to say this to you. Listen carefully. When you are in pursuit of your call, of the God-given call on your life, those that are closest to you are sometimes the ones who will seek to stop you. It's it's unbelievable. People want the best for us. Our families want the best for us, but our families' minds are still bound by the ideas of religion, of what's good, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing, what culturally is acceptable, what's unacceptable. And so... Even though sometimes people are well-intentioned, what they end up saying is the worst possible thing. They come to us and they actually are the ones that stop us from achieving what God has called us to do. And I want to say to you today, if there's one thing that you need to learn from this scripture, right up to this point, is that God's plan and purpose for your life is not based on your family. It's not based on who you are. It's not based on where you were born. It's not based on your circumstances, how much money you have. It is the God-given call and it's sovereign and no one can take it away from you. No one can do that, right? And no one can set it up for you as well. Pastors who are influential in the world are not there because of their families or because of what's inside of them. They're there because God God wants them to be there. People who are successful in business, they are there because God wants them to be there, not because of their families. And you need to hear this today because some of you have big dreams, big goals, big vision that you need God to be inside of. And in that moment, even your friends, even your family members, those closest to you, are the ones who will try and stop you and this is what was happening in Jesus life his parents his brothers they didn't understand him at all they couldn't understand him he was saying and doing these crazy things that no one understood except himself and so when they came They were there to seize him. They were there to sit him down, to set him on the right path. And again, we wanna insert ourselves into the culture at this point in time. Now we're in a Jewish society. This is Old Covenant, Old Testament, right? Jesus hasn't yet gone to the cross and the New Testament is, the kingdom is coming through Jesus. It has come in that moment. But the society is law-based. It's based on the law. And the law is the law of Moses, right? It's based on the 10 commandments. It starts there and then all of the rest of the laws are added to it and you get the full law that the nation of Israel was based on, almost like a constitution, like the constitution of South Africa. It sets out what is good, what is wrong, and how it is punishable. And in the same way, the law did that and more. It also revealed the holiness of God. The law was a beautiful gift from God. And that's the society that Jesus was in. Honoring your father and your mother is one of the 10 commandments. Now, when you wanna dig down to the things that the Jewish culture and society held closest, you need to see that honoring your parents was a God commandment. It's not something that was just, it's a good thing to do. It's not something that is just wise or something that's good for you to do. It was a God-given commandment, one of the very first 10 commandments. And this was held in not just high esteem, it was sacred. Now remember, Jesus comes in and violates even the things we hold sacred to ourselves in order to teach us something about the heart of God. And so in this moment, when Jesus turns his back on his family, on his mother and his brothers, he is committing a what people would deem sinful. He's doing something they think is sinful. We know Jesus had no sin. So obviously what he was doing was not sinful, but the people of the time just could not handle it. Can you imagine what it would be like if if we had to say to our parents, I'm rejecting you for my religion? That's a very difficult thing. And honestly, when Jesus says this, we, we can't understand it fully, but here's the, the bottom line. If he had bowed himself to what his parents thought about him in that moment, he would have never fulfilled the things that God wanted him to fulfill. And so in that moment, Jesus gives us the order of the kingdom. Kingdom first, culture second. And that is huge for you and me to understand. Kingdom first, culture second. And I'm saying this to you in a day where we are celebrating culture and we are rightly and godly celebrating it, right? It is a beautiful thing. Culture is beautiful, family is beautiful. God treasures and values culture and family. He loves it and so do we. But kingdom culture comes first. And Jesus was showing this to us. You see, when we put our earthly culture above our kingdom culture, that earth culture will steal our kingdom purpose. And Jesus could not afford to do that. And you and I cannot afford to do that. And so Jesus comes into a a thing that we hold beautiful and sacred and close to our hearts. And he calls us to lay it down to be part of a kingdom culture. And it's difficult. I mean, these words might even be offending you right now. I understand that, but you and I need to understand that when we embrace kingdom culture, it will lift up and make more beautiful the great and beautiful things of our earthly culture. You see, God's kingdom always lifts up, it always beautifies, it always restores, it always empowers, that's what it does. And so when we invite God to take control of our culture, of our earthly decisions, of our family, he will make it more beautiful. And I have to ask you this question, did Jesus really forsake his family? The answer is quite obviously no, because we find Jesus' family, his mother, his brothers, his sisters, later on in the gospel, we find them around his crucifixion. So even though in his early ministry, he says this affronting thing, where he says, no longer are they my family, but these are my family. You and me are his family. Even though he does that, you see, God is faithful to restore and maintain the relationship in Jesus' actual family you know not only that not only did god keep it to keep them together even more than that you find that even though jesus brothers thought he was crazy that what he was saying was crazy one of his brothers james became a disciple not only that but he became a leader in the church he became one who wrote a book amazing that not only did God restore the relationship, but he actually empowered one of the brothers who thought Jesus was crazy to become one of his disciples, a powerful church leader. And this is where you see God's heart. See, God allows us to celebrate our culture, to celebrate our families, in surrender to the kingdom culture, in surrender to his way, and His plan. You see, we're not here to come from an earthly standpoint to impact the world. We are here to come from a kingdom standpoint. And when we elevate our own culture above God's culture, we don't come anymore from a kingdom perspective. We come from an earth perspective. And that's where the enemy comes in to destroy the plans and purposes that God has for us that he has for our lives, that he has for us. You see, we will impact our earthly cultures with such power when we allow kingdom to come first and culture to come second. It's the call on every Christian's life to become a kingdom-cultured person. And that's the beautiful thing about God. You see, becoming a kingdom cultured person doesn't mean losing your culture, doesn't mean losing your earthly family. It means that your earthly culture, your earthly family will be lifted up higher than it ever could before. When we let our friends, our family, our traditions, our earthbound ideas influence who we know God has called us to be, our purpose will be stolen from us. But you see, when Jesus came to create a new people, a new covenant, Paul talks about it in a completely different context. He says this, and you'll find it in the book of Galatians, for I have died, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I'm thinking about you today. What is your call? What is your purpose? Who has pulled you down? Who has tried to stop you? Who has tried to get in the way of what you are called to do? Sometimes that's circumstances. Sometimes that's finances. Sometimes that's outside issues. But sometimes it's our closest friends, our closest family members who do not perceive the will of God for our lives. See, in that moment, Jesus' family could not perceive what his purpose was. They didn't understand it yet. God needed to reveal it to them. And in the same way, sometimes we don't understand each other's purpose, but God has a plan, a powerful, powerful plan for you. And even though those around you cannot see it, even though your friends cannot understand it, even though your family members, even though your teachers and, and, and the people you're in business with cannot see what you can see, God placed that vision inside of you for a reason, for a purpose, and you need to stand in it today. You need to stand in the purpose that God has called you for. You see, there's truth in honoring our parents. We need to honor your father and your mother. You need to honor your culture. You need to honor where you come from in submission to the call that God has given on your life. You see, God has never called any one of us to dishonor our parents or to dishonor our culture. Never. But our culture and our family, our friends cannot take the place of God in our lives. As we follow the godly order that God has put together, place kingdom first and culture second, we will rise up into things that we could never imagine. And I wanna talk to you today, I wanna stand here and I wanna wanna pray with us today that here in this nation, on this day when we celebrate the beauty of who we are, of where we come from, I want to pray with you that you and I can impact our culture here in South Africa to change the tide, to change what's happening in our nation. You see, God will use you and me to bring freedom beyond what we could ever imagine. You know, God's plan for South Africa is bigger than we could ever imagine. It's not just about righting the wrongs of the past. God will do that, but he won't just do that. He will elevate our nation to impact this world beyond what we could ever imagine if we will let kingdom come first so that culture can be elevated above what we ever imagined. So will you pray with me? Will you stand with me today that we can see God come into every one of our beautiful cultures in this beautiful nation that we have? Will you stand with me and see him touch and change our nation? We're gonna pray for a moment that God will come in and he would bring the life that only he can bring. Let's stand together, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today and we recognize that you love the beauty of our cultures, our families, our traditions. Lord God, we pray today that this nation that we have will go to heights that we never imagined, Father God. That Lord, we will see the hand of the Lord in our nation move, touch and change people's lives. Father, that you would unite us, that you would bring us together under the name of Jesus. That Father God, you would bring life, Father God, where there was death. Father God, that you will bring our economy beyond what we ever imagined. Father, that you would bring our people further and higher than we ever imagined. That you will give us influence, even on the global stage, Father God, for the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, you have such a beautiful plan for our people, for our home, Lord God. And so today, as we celebrate our cultures, as we celebrate who we are and where we come from, Lord God, we recognize that eternally we come from you. And we desire that your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth. And so right now, Holy Spirit, come and empower us to take this message to our nation, to our family, to our friends, that your kingdom might come and your freedom might come to our nation. We humbly ask this and we pray for your presence in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray today that you will walk this life empowered by the kingdom to bring life into culture, to bring elevation into culture. And we wouldn't be controlled by anything on this earth, but that we would be freed to live the life God wants for us. In Jesus' name.